A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at uh, day two at Lords uh, in the uh, only Test match of the summer, possibly the only Test match that ever takes place between these two sides uh, in the next, I don't know, twenty-five years. Um, uh, it's ended uh, with uh, England one day closer to winning, winning the game. Basically, simple as that. Uh, we do still have lots to talk about, though. I might sound a little bit subdued, but boy, there was some uh, marvellous batting and uh, some uh, some marvellous bowling as well. And a real incident of note, which uh, brought us back to those shocking scenes in 2019. Um, Archer and Smith and Labuschagne and all that. Uh, so stay with us. Got lots to talk about here on the following on podcast. So if you're listening to the show, you no doubt know by now that... Uh, England started the day in a uh, commanding position and they've ended it in even more commanding position. 152 for one overnight. They batted through to lunch without losing a wicket. Ben Duckett went past 100. Ollie Pope was 97 not out. He was 197 not out on the stroke of T, by which point Duckett had gone for 182. And then uh, Pope and Root came out after T. Root was bold in the first over. Uh, Pope went to 200 with a six, and then the very next ball was dismissed. That was it. Ireland then came out 352 runs in arrears. They lost Moore and Balburnie cheaply. Two wickets uh, going the way of Josh Tongue. Brilliant for him. Two in his first over in the second innings. And um, and then we had a bit of a horror moment, which we'll talk about a bit later, Harmy, a moment of the day, perhaps. Uh, McCollum who was one of the only batters to come through with any real credit in the first innings. And it was shaping up decently in the second. And then, uh, yeah, he got himself in a real old tangle. And I'm not sure we're going to see him bat again. Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Paul Sterling uh, went shortly after. He was caught down the leg side on review. Third wicket for Josh Tung. Only for Harry Tector and Lorcan Tucker to see Ireland through to stump. So, lots to talk about. And, uh, well, we're just moments away from doing exactly that. Here on the following on Paul. Story of the day. So, Harmy, um, well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with 182 from Duckett, 205 for Pope, three wickets for Josh Tung, or that uh, that moment of concern for uh, James McCollum? I think you got to start with the batting. I think the batting was 
what's obviously going to set the game for England. Um, and it's important. There's a lot of talk last night. Um, and, you know, we mentioned it. It's quite a few people talking today, social media, and even on commentary. I couldn't believe it on commentary. Talking about England retiring batters out. It's a test match. It's a test match at Lords. Yeah, that would be so disrespectful at the game of Test cricket if somebody just said right. And as much as it has felt like a first game of the season, university against the first class county, you still have to respect the game in such a way and the values are. And I'm pleased England played the way they did. The two boys went out there and battered, battered, and battered, and really sort of you know ground Ireland into the dirt. They looked as though they were. A, Aside with no idea, just waiting for things to happen. But that's how Duckett and, and Pope, if they get in on a flat one against Australia and the ball, st- like it did, the ball st- it got soft. It didn't do anything. Laterally, it wasn't moving. The pitch wasn't moving. The sun was shining. And for about 40 overs when that ball did nothing and the island got it changed and, it, and obviously it changed, you know, the, the, they came into the game a little bit more, did Ireland. But that's what the mindset, train your brain to get into that mindset, get in that position that if we get in, in on a flat one, even against Australia's 80, 90 mile an hour bowlers, and there's nothing happening in the sunshines, we have got to make sure we make it big. And for me, that's why I'm pleased that. Um, ben Duckett's going to, you know, he, 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 what did he get? 100 and, 182. Ollie Pope. Ollie Pope, 205. Now, you know, there might be their highest scores in their careers. When, this is what we want to be doing. This is what McCullum and Stokes has got to be drumming into them, is that when we get a team on the floor, we nail them when they're on the floor. And when we get a chance to bat long and bat big, we nail that bat long and bat big, no matter if it's against Ireland, Afghanistan, or the great Australian bowling attack that everybody says they've got. And I think that, for me, was the biggest thing I'll take away from this game. England were going to win this game anyway in three days. England were always going to beat Ireland. But it was the manner of how they were going to get the victory which for me is so pleasing leading into the Ashes. And Duckett and Pope, they spent time at the crease. They were very destructive off the wide ball. They actually hit the, the good the good ball with respect. Not that it was many on Cho. And when they got a chance to sort of go big, they both went big. If they'd, just, if they'd given it away 100 each, then you could have argued that, yes, they might have been looking to give somebody else a bat. But for me, the, the beauty about what today was, as two batters got in, two batters went big, and if England can do that three times in five test matches against Australia, England will win. Yeah, I mean, you only have to go back four years when these two sides played and England were bowled out for 80-odd. Mm. Um, and, you know, at times the golf between the two sides was worrying. And you, you wonder, from a broadcaster's perspective, are they going to be interested in you know investing in test cricket when, OK, Ireland are, are worse than, say, what Sri Lanka are going to be next year or West Indies are going to be next year. I am aware West Indies won a test when they were last year, by the way, but the game is moving in this direction where you're going to get three really strong test sides. You're always going to have one that through luck, uh, through time or through whatever, are going to conjure up a, an attractive team against the odds, be it Pakistan or South Africa, uh, maybe New Zealand. But essentially, you know, this this could be where the, the where the game's going. And there is quite a lot of talk within the game about creating a test match fund, essentially making, um, you know, it's not good enough for, say, England to play the West Indies here in England and make all this money from all this corporate, uh, these corporate tickets 
sold out stadia. And essentially, you know, when they go to the West Indies, you know, the West Indies don't make anywhere near as much money. Mm. Uh, and it costs so much more for the West Indies to operate. They've got to fly everywhere. You know, it's, it's, they, they, it's over different countries. Their broadcast deals nowhere near what England get here. So there is talk about sharing the wealth. And it's matches like these that make you give you a glimpse of what could be the future of Test cricket. And if this isn't a one-off match, people are not going to come. I mean, they essentially will vote with their feet because why would you? Um, I appreciate everything you've said about the way that Pope and Duckett went about their, their business. I totally agree. And I've seen England struggle against teams that people thought that they should beat comfortably. You've got to enjoy the good days and you've got to make the most out of uh, out of the, the, the moment as well because Stuart Broad's on the honours board. Uh, ben Duckett, first test match here. Uh, first test match in England. And he's on the honours board. Ollie Pope, a double century, the seventh fastest double century in the history of the game. Um, Verena Sayway, by the way, three of his 200s are in the top six. (laughs) And then, of course, tomorrow, Josh Tung might find himself on the honours board because he was thrown the ball, he pitched the ball up, he bowled normally, and and he took three wickets. And he caused a, a little bit of a problem for McCollum as well. But, you know, he might find himself on the honours board tomorrow. And you can bet your bottom dollar that he'll be throwing the ball and given exactly the opportunity to do exactly that at some stage on day three. Yeah, and he did. He bowled beautifully. And this is the thing that, you know, when I, I used to get it when I, I used to get it when I was playing. You know, and I would get so many people give me so much stick from the crowd, from, you know, from people in the media, from the commentators. You're bowling too short. You're bowling too short. You're far too short, Armisen. And it's like, well, you don't know what plan I'm bowling to. You've got no idea what the captain's telling me to do. You're just saying that for the sake of saying it. And it seems that Stokes has completely, I wouldn't say reinvented the wheel, but he's now hes now going with specific plans. And it's blatantly obvious the specific plans he's going with. That now it comes back to, you know, this is what we are picking somebody for. This is what his job is, which is aggression. But he can pitch it up. And I think Josh showed that in his first spell. Got the ball pitched up in the first half of his first spell. And then the second spell was all about Ben Stokes trying to sort of make a statement, not just to Ireland, but to Josh and the team that during the summer, we are going to get a ball which is about 18 overs old. It's going to go soft. The wicket's going to be flat. The sun's going to be out. And there's going to be far better players than... Yeah, whether it's Tector, whether it's Sterling, whether it's Tucker, they're going to have Smith, you're going to have Labashir, and you're going to have Green in. We've got to do something different. And Josh Tung's give us that. He's give us. Yeah, he's not express pace, but his height makes him very, very dangerous. And for me, I think we've unearthed somebody who can give us a different option. We were on the follow on the, the the county cricketer during the week. You know, we said when me and George are talking about the potential of playing Josh Tung. And it's, George is right. He's not at his best because he hasn't played the volume of cricket for a bowler his size. And what I mean by that is, it's not, he's not, not because he's six foot five and he's big lad. When you've got a bowler who's tall, all arms and legs, I was the same. It takes you a little bit more from an overs point of view to get into rhythm, get up to speed, get used to, you know, the areas you're trying to hit. There's a lot more can go wrong here than a Jimmy Anderson who's, who is just sort of, you know, so compact, you know, slight at the crease, quick through the crease, not as big and as heavy that that 
that you know the tall bowler is. So being picked in this team, being sorry, being picked in the squad, then picked in this team was always going to give him a huge amount of confidence. And I think that is just the next step building block that one, Josh Tong needed this. Two, England needed something different. And I think they found it. And three, it's where he fits in further down the line. Now, that's for another day. What he did today was he ran up and he bowled aggressively into length, which was the top of the stumps. And then when his captain asked him to bowl short balls, he bowled cross seam into the rib cage. It was short. It wasn't sort of half-hearted short where it just sat up. It had aggression on. And for me, that is what Ben Stokes wants as a captain. And I think that's what the England cricket team needs is something different. Mark Wood does it at a, a little bit faster and a little bit skiddier. So like Darren Goff would do it compared to like so myself or Alex Tudor, you know, Chris Tremlett, Steve Finn, big tall guy who hits the deck hard, where now you've got two of them. Um, I think it's I think it was positive signs, hugely positive signs with the batting. But I think more positive signs with the bowling because about a fortnight ago, we were doom and gloom that we've got possibly four bowlers to take on Australia to get through five test matches. I don't think that was really true, but I think we've just found somebody else who I think could later on in the summer, if England have to risk playing two quick men because we're behind in the series, uh, then I think I'd, I I feel confident now that you'd be able to just ch- throw Josh Tung in at, say, an old Trafford to, to if need be to 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 sort of be aggressive towards the Australians. What about the fact that you know when we were speaking last night, we have a little section, don't we? What's going to happen tomorrow? And both of us said essentially England will bat, and then they put Ireland in, and they take some wickets, and they'd score lots of runs. But we did both feel that England would want to give Bearstow a, a bat, and to a lesser extent Ben Stokes. You know this Ben Stokes side confounds everything, so. You know, it's no surprise, but is it a risk? I, I half expected Bearstow to be promoted up the order, to be honest, um, ahead of uh, ahead of Joe Root. That didn't happen. We haven't seen Bearstow back. Um, is that just not a slight area of concern? Uh, not so much Bearstow, Stokes possibly, um, because Stokes hasn't played a great deal. But I think Ben's been batting quite quite a lot in, in the nets and he's he must feel as though he's hitting the ball quite well. Bestow's played a bit of cricket for Yorkshire. He had a few games for the second team. He spent some time in the middle. He spent some time on his feet. Plus, he's just kept wicket. So I'm not surprised with the Bestow. I thought Ben might have had a bat, but again, comes back to respecting the game. At the time, England were... Where they, they took a 352 lead in. If that turns into 650, 700, because... Ben wants to get 100 and Johnny wants to get 100. Is that arguably just as bad as people retiring out? Yeah, it's not the same because I think you're not disrespecting the game. But I think Ben's gone. I think Ben's been very respectful towards the game of cricket during this game. You know, he, he's England have played as though they would have played against a, a West Indies, a Pakistan, an India, an Australia. They've bowled a team out for not very many. They've gone and getting a big score, said to their bowlers, get your boots up, make sure you're ready and recovered for hopefully, yeah, to what it will be. Big last session tomorrow. We'll take a few wickets and we'll win on we'll win the following day. Now, for me, I think Ben Stokes has been respectful of the game. He could have been selfish and had a bat himself. Could have been selfish and wait until Johnny and gone for the 550, 600 in front. But I think I think all in all. I think England have been respectful to the game 
throughout the whole process of, because there's been a lot of talk of, nonsense talk of retiring people out, going for big scores, letting other people get big scores. You know, win the game that's in front of you. And if you haven't had another another bat, or if you want another bat, well, don't go to Loch Lomond and go and play in a, in a second team game where you spend some time in the middle. Now, that's never going to happen, but there's an option there to do that. England will win the England will go and go on to win the game for me in the best way possible and the most respectful way possible to the game of cricket and hats off to them. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Moment of the day. Now, there was one moment of the day, wasn't there? It was a, it was a worrying one. Brought us mm. all the way back to 2019 um, with a batter at the same end, actually, I think. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Um, but instead of Joffre Archer running in from the pavilion end, it was Josh Tong. He'd taken two wickets at that stage. And James McCollum, who hit 38, top scored in the first innings, um, was batting fairly well. I mean, he was still there. He was pretty much doing what he did in first innings. He was at the other end when the wickets were tumbling. Um, and essentially, it was a short delivery from Tong. And McCollum was kind of halfway through a pull shot that realised he was nowhere near it and essentially withdrew from the shot. The ball wasn't on the body. It was sailing harmlessly wide, but he got a right old tangle. And essentially, he's really badly sprained his uh, ankle, clearly in a lot of pain. As soon as it happened, he was, you know, you could see he was visibly distressed for probably about a couple of minutes. He probably thought he'd broken his ankle or something. I think it looked like there's a little bit of panic in there. Obviously, hurt him a lot. Fielders, England fielders ran in and, uh, you know, he was helped from the ground. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was memories of 2019, wasn't it? But also, it's just a real shame. It's the, the last way you want, you want your innings to come to an end at Lords of all places. 
Yeah, it was. And he he he, um, he shaped up all right, didn't McCollum. He got he batted was that he batted one hundred and eight balls, I think it was, in the first innings, which was you know, a cumulative more than the other the other top five or top six put together. So he showed some good fight, got through that first session, and then when he got when he rolled his ankle, I thought it was his knee at first. You know, I looked as though he was grabbing for the back of his knee, but when you see the replay again. When the batters make take the guard, you know they'd say two, which is middle and leg. They'll say a leg stump, or they'll say obviously say middle. And when you do the scratching to you know have the line where you are in the crease, you know visual line underneath to see where you are. Um, It seemed as though he got his he got his one of his sort of studs stuck in one of them ruts, and as he's twisted the the stud steered and it did. It looked horrible. It really did look horrible, and it was. It looked as though it was painful, and it was quite ironic that a man who's just come back from a horrendous ankle injury, Johnny Bester, was first on the scene, calmed him down, and because I think he was rolling about a bit, and Johnny just calmed him down as to get the physio on, and off he went. But I'll come back to Josh Chung in this, and that's what a fast bowler does to you. That's what a big, tall fast bowler can give you. He, he, he gets batsmen into into positions where they're not normally they don't normally get to when you're facing sort of six foot, six foot, between sort of five foot 10 and six foot two bowlers because that little bit extra bounce and if it doesn't quite bounce, it keeps low, you're not expecting it and you're expecting it to go a bit higher. It just does wonderful things to your movements from a batter's point of view. And, and that's what that's what happened throughout that because Tung had gone from, you know, because McCullum had, like the first innings, started to get going, started to face a lot of balls. He, um, he's gone down the short ball route and when he's gone down the short ball route, He's um, the un- inconsistency of the bounce because of the tall man has just caused him that that little bit of problems. But it looked as though he was walking off and he was putting weight on it. So because of that, you'd hope that there's no real structural damage in it because I'm not sure where he is in the one day party. But Irish cricket have left Josh Little out of this Test match because they see I, uh, Harari and World Qualifiers so important. Um, you just hope that he doesn't miss or he's not he's not hampered when uh, it comes around for selection for that World Cup qualifiers because Ireland will want to be in the World Cup. What is going to happen tomorrow? Well, England are going to win on day three, aren't they? It's, it's as simple as that. Um, it's almost impossible to imagine any other scenario than them taking the six or seven wickets, depending on whether McCollum bats again, um, at some point before lunch or, or after it. It's simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's inevitable that we'll get to around about lunchtime and there'll be a, there'll be a final wicket, hopefully for Josh Tom, get a five foot, get on the board. Another good bowl in the big in the big stage. That's what I'd wanna do. I'd ball at him early tomorrow morning, get him four or five overs. Yeah, then if he has to come back try and get him the, the sort of final wicket because I think he's going to be a, not important because I think for England to win the Ashes, they need not so, so much consistent selection, but they need a bit of luck with their bone attack. And I think with that, I don't see Josh Tung being part of that. I see that if England get unlucky and have to lose and lose a, a quick bowler in Mark Wood, then he comes in. But I think having the, the fact that he might get on the honours board tomorrow he might get another seven or eight overs tomorrow and feel the fact, feel the euphoria of a victory. I think will stand him in good stead if England have to go back to him 
And I'm not saying that's a big if, because I think you'd be happy if if he did go into the England side, into the Ashes. But if England want to win the Ashes, they need a bit of luck with their bowling attack. And that could probably be Broad, Anderson, Robinson, Wood, to try and somehow make sure that they're, they're in a position to win the Ashes. If they're going to Tongue, if they're going to Potts, if they're going to, um, if to Wokes, then then you think England are either you know they're struggling to get twenty wickets behind the eight ball, and that would be a concern. But you know, it'll be, be an excellent fit and finish for a young man making his debut to uh, to get on the honours board. Okay, Harvey, we'll uh, we'll be back after day three. You and Manners are going to be doing a show for the Cricket Collective on Sunday, which I think is going out Sunday night, possibly Monday morning, uh, and then we'll be back for County Cricketer as well. We've got to work out when we're going to do that. Um, but uh, plenty of cricket to come here on the following on podcast channel. So thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.